0: Hey everybody! This is Julian Lightle, and this is Ignorant Bliss. Um, this is another panel from San Diego Comic Con, about a little over a week and a day ago or so, and um, is the Black Comics Return panel, um, African American independent comic publishing. Uh, I will read the description. Eisner nominee John Jennings (parentheses The Blacker the Ink) and Damian Duffy (parentheses Octavia E Butler's The Kindred). Uh, co-editors of the Black Comics Art Book offer real talk about race and representation in independent comics publishing, with the likes of 2016 Eisner nominee Ron Wimberly, Princey Slave Punk, Prince of Cats, David Walker, Power Man and Iron Fist Shaft, uh, Ashley A. Woods, Princey's Niobe Robert Love, Alpha Girl and Spooks, and Jeremy Love. By you fears. Gotta be honest, I don't know if Robert Love was there. Um, Shauna Mills was there. Uh, I think his replacement. I'm not completely sure. I kind of got there. I set up, started recording. You might hear. This is my first time recording a panel. I had to buy like a new device. I was reading the structure booklet and everything. All the sound came through good. I think I got some background noise of the actual of the room you hear some uh some pains i was using this dope ass samsung 360 gear camera that's what you're hearing for in the beginning to record it lost those recordings that sucks um but for the first time they came out pretty good congratulations to john jennings who actually won in eisner that weekend for the black of the ink um yeah so listen uh, find the people online read the show notes uh, you can follow me on twitter Julian Lytle all the information for people's sites and tumblers and twitter handles are in the show notes slash blog posts on however you listen to this is um, on my feed Ignorance Bliss. ignorant-bliss.com it's on iTunes subscribe review if you can leave comments uh, it's on Stitcher it's on Google Play Music. It's on SoundCloud. It's on Mixcloud. It's on the Taylor Networker podcast. And I actually just started putting things up on Blogside Radio. So there's multiple ways to listen to the shows. Hope you guys enjoy. Peace. <laughs>
1: Am I to start? I'm not starting on. we were waiting for the picture. Okay. Oh, that was, okay. That
2: was good. All right. All okay. right. Are we ready to yeah,
3: All right. Hello, this is John Jennings. All right. no, this is Doctor Daniel Duffy. <laughs> uh, so this is the Black Comics Returns panel. If you are looking for some other panel. You've come to a better one. You uh, know. Alright, so uh, we're just going to start out and tell you a little bit about what this is. About, what, six years ago? Yeah. Six years ago, we did this here book Black Comics. Anybody have it? Yeah, there we go. Excellent.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's a little out of print now, not at default. Um, but we decided to try to fix that by making uh, making AC adjust. with Yeah, so there's the cover, but I just want to sit down there and we'll it to the guns. Yeah. Those are people, some of whom are here. All right, anyway. So yeah, we wanted to, uh, well first we were talking about bringing the old one back to team, but the uh, black comics culture has sort of grown by leaps and bounds since we made the first book. And uh, it seemed like it was time to make a new volume. And the good people at Magnetic Publishing are here to help us with that.
4: Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, <laughs> um, They have not have been working for like the last decade uh, to Representation, race, uh, intersectionality, and comics. We're both uh, comic scholars, curators, graphic novelists, and uh, and scholars. And having not only like uh, looking at this particular uh, subculture, but also trying to help grow it in different ways, and actually
3: um, are part of it as well. And uh, so the idea with the original book and now this new book is to. Introduce people who may not be familiar with the culture. Uh, sort of create a gateway for people to learn about new artists, uh, new works, new things. Yes. Yes. Right. All right. right. Um, and. So first thing, I would apologize. I can introduce our wonderful guests. Yes. Let's introduce our wonderful panelists. You want
4: know, to start? Yeah. Okay. that would be amazing. Uh, bravo, for me. Okay. <laughs>
5: AKA Crack Kirby, okay. AKA Hoodie Guthrie, <laughs> AKA Dab Dalloway.
6: How
3: did it Oh, D Five. So many things. All right. Uh, and next to we have the talented, the amazing Ashley Woods. <clears throat>
4: AKA, I don't, do you have any of those? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, the inscrutable, amazing uh, journey Love. <laughs> so, I like that. I
2: okay. <laughs> think yeah, we have the inscrutable it's good. I'm not gonna beat that. Okay.
3: Uh,
2: inimitable, inimitable.
3: Shawn <laughs> Mills.
4: It's a David
2: Walker. All
3: right. <laughs> he wrote that. He's not actually. Are you <laughs> ah, Okay. Um, also, we should mention that uh, the book will be kickstarted uh, in September. So if you like what you're hearing in the panel, keep an eye out and help us make an amazing volume. <laughs> All right, so uh, I think we just want to start with everyone maybe tell them a little bit about yourselves, uh, what you're working on right now, what you have coming up, what you want these good people to know about. And we'll start with, on the end, on the end, you wanna go the other way. Oh wow, that's all right. So then uh, David Walker down there, he has many things he does, tell us okay. about some.
1: Let's see, well I'm currently writing, you can hear yeah. me anyway, right, yeah. Currently writing uh, Power Man and Iron Fist and Nighthawk for right. yeah. um, yeah. Later this year, Occupy Avengers, also for Marvel. Um, September, we'll see the release of. Are, are you ready for this one? Marvel Unreal? So This one, I can't believe I'm saying it out loud. Tarzan on the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> I can't wait. And I'll tell you the truth, you know, because we're all like, yo, know, somebody's got to do something about Tarzan. Somebody's got to. You can't. There's, there's just like no fixing it. There's no fixing Tarzan. The only way you can do is put him on uh, the Planet of the Apes. Um, and and then uh, Tim Fielder, I'm working with Tim Fielder on a project called Prison City. That uh, does not have a publisher yet, but he announced it uh, a couple days ago. Because that's Tim Fielder. He, I mean, you know how Tim is. Tim's like, has anyone met him? Like, he is the greatest of all time. So um, we're we're looking for a publisher for that one. So that's all I got going right now. Right? That's all I got going. Okay. That's enough. Oh, and yeah, I wrote shop for Dynamite, but that's uh, well, it's done for now. Yeah. There'll be another secret or something like that. Awesome. awesome. Alright. Um, my name is Shauna. Shawna Mills. Mm-hmm.
7: Opening my first game at
6: the moment, as you can see there. I, mean, I can't tell you much about it, but it's going to be killer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. so. yeah. uh, I'm Jeremy Love. Uh, I guess what I'm most known for is Bayou, which was initially published by DC Comics. Um, I can, if you guys can all keep a secret, Dark Horse is going to put a hardcover year of a complete vibe. So <laughs> uh, don't tell
5: anybody.
6: No. And uh, nobody also, can hear you, it's fine. <laughs> I'm currently working on uh, a series which I call uh, Dracula called Fellow. It's called the Black Lotus and it'll be out in February from Parkour. So and I'm writing the wrong of. I don't want
2: I don't want to share credit so <laughs> <laughs> Hey everyone, I'm Ashley Woods, and uh, I'm currently the artist for Niobe. She is yes. nice. Uh,
8: right now, we're currently working on the fourth issue, and so that'll be available at the end of the summer. And then after that, I'll be working on Vampire Humpty, uh, doing some public work. Whoa. Whoa.
5: My name is Ronald Wimberly. Uh, I'm known for, I guess, Prince of Cats. I put out through uh, Vertigo. But a new edition is coming out from Image, Twice as Big. Ten-page uh, sketchbook in it. Um, hardback. Uh, I'm working on Grattin for Stila, which is like a, it's an app, a ninja comic about gentrification and appropriation. Um, I'm also doing, I'm gonna be in Attack on Titan, the anthology coming out from Kodansha and Random House in September. Also, Prince of Cats is coming out in September. And uh, I'm taking way too long to work on my image title, Sunset Park, but it's coming out, be patient. Thank you. Uh, oh, and if you go to SPX, I have an exclusive, a little goodie that I'm working on putting out. So, Woo. All right. oh wait wait wait, wait. also <laughs> if you go to the CXC I'm the resident there uh, the Thurber resident yeah, so I'll have an exhibition from uh, yeah September to um, February just just like a whole retrospective if you're in Ohio check that out the Ohio Museum Columbus Museum of Art
3: people know CXC? Comics Crossroads. it's a convention festival thing uh at Ohio State. Yes. The Ohio State, I'm supposed to say. Okay, um, so we're going to start with a quote that Ron sent me, and I don't remember who wrote it. Okay, okay he'll tell us in a second, but I'll read it right now. Um, <clears throat> the the critic says, Well, Basquiat envisioned commodification as a way out of the racialized body to the extent that it socially valorized him. The requirements of steady output undermined his independence and relationship to painting, making the artist fatally aware of his shameful status as a racialized subject, even under privileged conditions. So, uh, to start with, if everyone or anyone would like to uh, address this topic, and it's probably on Ryan since he came <laughs> up with the quote. Um uh, we just to go, no, no, no. We don't have that much time. okay. we got to yeah. start. Um, but we were talking before. You were talking about the sort of uh, tension in between. Uh, and forgive me if I put it the wrong way, but like uh, using identity in art as a means of empowerment. But once you commodify it, it sort of takes away that empowerment. And there's this tension between that. Well, I mean, I think you you get
5: you get the benefits of. Um, it's a weird way. You know, there's a book that just came out. I haven't even read yet, but I was uh, watching. The author talk about it. Talk, it's like uh, Invisible Man got the whole world watching. What's the name of the author? You guys know? Invisible Man got the whole world watching. You guys, you guys heard of that book? Anyway, but it talks about um, it talks about invisibility and hypervisibility and kind of like so how a lot of the victims of police shootings are they're invisible until they until they're you know. Um, they're, they're shot, and then at, at a certain point, they become hyper-visible, uh, their entire life is put out there. And, you know, um, I, I wouldn't compare, I would say there's something similar that happens, you know, it, it's different, but something similar in the sense that when you, when you look to gain a space in comics, uh, if you're a black creator um, and you use, in a way, your value for your blackness, but it's a catch-22 because when you commodify it, it's, <laughs> um, I don't even know how to explain how that value gets tainted or it, it's con- it's confusing. And then you may end up playing to the performance of blackness to sell that commodity, right? Or, and then there are people who perform a certain type of blackness because it's a a, a, a more valuable commodity versus like, you know, like, maybe a more, a more nuanced or organic type of identity that someone has. Like, I remember a while ago, I was pitching, actually the book that's coming out from Image, I pitched to an editor at um, Dark Horse, and this was many years ago. I hadn't even done sentences yet, um, which is my first graphic novel. And this gentleman was like, well, gentlemen," this, this person was like, uh, <laughs> You know, we really want to do something in horror. Um, maybe, you know, with the black experience or whatever. So this is a commodity I have. Yeah. Michael Denzel Smith. Michael Denzel Smith, yeah, yeah. So, you know, check it out. I mean, I haven't read it yet, but- That's wrote in The uh, Invisible World. Invisible Man got the whole world watching. It. Yeah, but like, I'm very interested in it. Um, put it on the list. But so, uh, and, I, and I gave him the pitch that I gave to Image for Sunset Park, and then when I finished, it's like, oh well, you know, um, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he essentially said to me, I was thinking something more like, you know, Wu Tang meets like, you know, werewolves or something. You know what I mean? Like something, the, the spectacle of black identity that he was used to, you know, that he that he knew how to package and box and sell, right? A spectacle that white audiences could consume, you know, um, and like that's difficult. And I in that quote, but they're talking about Basquiat and. Um, that seemed like an issue that he had to deal with. Like at one point, it was very valuable for him to be the art brute, you know, like the right. you know uh, idiot savant black artist. But at the same time, like that's obviously not who he was, you know. Right. So his his survival and his destruction were kind
3: of caught up in the performance of his identity. Right. So I, for the rest of our panelists, I mean, how have you dealt with? <laughs> what have you thought about? How do you think about uh, identity and commodification? Uh, how do you feel about, feel about trying to sell your work but not kind of pollute it in a way or let let the selling take away from what you intend to communicate to the audience? Does okay. <laughs> that make sense to you guys? or Do you have things to say? Yeah, me. <laughs> For me
8: uh personally, I'm gonna try to take me back off what Ron was saying. I think as a black female, I hate to throw it out there like that, but I'm just gonna be, oh, no. be, be right. Yeah. A lot of times people think that they know where you're gonna be coming from. They think they know what you're gonna say or do before you do it. And uh, a lot of times when people will see my work in the past, they will think I'm a white man. And there is a, a, a artist named Ashley Wood, and he did yeah, he's, uh, right. yeah, uh, he's right. also from Australia and he's uh, Better gear for some of this work. But um, even if they didn't know about that person, you know, just seeing my work, they wouldn't expect that from a black female. And I used to think that, what well, I still think is unfair. Um, as far as doing some type of dance to live up to expectations, I'm at the point now, I'm uh, like, you know, damn if you do that. If you don't, you know, if you rock with it, cool. If you don't, i uh, will be cool. Um, it is what it is.
6: Um, I, I, sometimes I like, I get tired of asking that question because it just seems like the very act of being a black creative is automatically political. And I just wish sometimes that I didn't have the burden of every choice that I, or every artistic choice that I make being scrutinized on a political level. Sometimes they're just strictly creative choices. Um, and, but on the other hand, uh, as I was writing uh, the new book, I'm working on the horror book. Um, when I actually like read it, I saw like it was basically a very um, a very graphic uh, revenge fantasy against colonialism, imperialism,
4: racism, and I was like, whoa, this is this is and it was automatically political. So on one hand, I'm like, don't
6: put that on me, and then on the other hand, everything I automatically and I see, I start seeing stuff, I start seeing like, political shit. and I'm like, what, the? you know? So, so. Uh, um, that, one thing I do not worry about is taking it into a commodity because it's work. You know, this is commercial art. Comic books are commercial art um, for the most part. And everything that we do, when you have deadlines, when you have a publisher, that's commercial art. And um, I got to pay bills. But so I don't think we should be guilty for commodity for using it as a commodity. And while it was empowering to me to write these stories, I think once we sell it, we can turn that empowerment over to the audience. <laughs> uh,
7: commercial art. Yeah. Um. Well, I guess first of all, I do what the hell I want. I'm a first customer, you know. Um. I guess that's it. I mean, if it's plain and simple as just do what the hell I want. <laughs> But um, I guess I, I've never
2: been that kind of person to fit or try to fit into something. Whether it was that of the, the, the circle of my sisters and
7: brothers or that well, the circle of whoever that is. I was always like, very independent. So no, I, I don't see myself ever um, conforming. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Basically, what everybody else just said, throwing in a little extra uh, lady, ladies and gentlemen. We were talking about this earlier, and I said that I believe that that the black existence in America is the existence of being a commodity. We came here over as a commodity, and as we have spent now several centuries here. It's been how do we commodify? How are we commodified in one capacity or another? When I'm doing my work, my work is a, is the commodity. The question is how do I sell myself? Because we were always talking about branding ourselves. What are we going to do? So it's 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 what's the personality that I put forth, and and how do I present myself in public? So that um, not whether or not you buy me because I'm not for sale, but it's whether or not you're gonna accept me or not. And, and do I give a shit? No, I don't. You know, walking through with my Black Lives Matter sticker on and seeing people react to that like, well if you want to say something, say something, but there's some swords over here so I'll challenge your ass to a duel and chop your ass up, right? Um if anybody wants to do that that would be great. That'd
3: be cool. Maybe not late <laughs> I think so. But you know
1: like <laughs> like Jeremy like, like Jeremy and I, Jeremy and I have talked about it and John and I've talked about it and and there is that, um, you know, like, like I really don't believe I write anything political. I don't believe there's anything political within my work. I think most people would disagree with that, right? Um, John could call me up and be like, "Man, I can't believe what you put in my." Da-da-da-da-da. I'm like, I-, I guess I was there, you know. But this is, but look, as artists, so much of what we carry around with us comes out onto, you know. Um, Am I, am I putting Black Lives Matter stuff in my work because I'm trying to make a statement about Black Lives Matter? Well, yeah, Black Lives Matter, and it's something that needs to be talked about, but it's like, like, to me it's not a political statement. You know, that's like a statement and an assertion of our right to be human beings. Right. And, right. And, and so if there's anything that I'm trying to put out there, I mean, my one goal as a creator is to help us uh, hold on to the humanity that is constantly being denied to us. And, and, and I always go back to, um, of all peoples, William Marshall, the guy who played Blackula, once said to me, we have to learn how to activate our dreams. As black people in America, we have to activate our dreams. Because if we don't, it is nothing but the promise of the continued disdain that we have been has been dumped upon us. Right. Kind of messed that up. Right? Right. So everything I do is about activating my dreams but helping other people realize that they have to activate it, especially young people, because otherwise we're just gonna be in the same position that we've always been in. us
5: I, I say something in regard to oh, politics? Sure. In regard to politics, um, I think if you are, if your body itself, right, is subject to destruction or dehumanization, by institutions, right, uh, part, like part, our government, yeah, then the act of being itself and being free could be, it is a political act. Um, and in regard to commodity, I don't want to com- conflate the discussion of comics as a commodity, And identity as a commodity. Which is like, of course, comics are a commodity. But, you know, when the one way that you can even sell your comics is on the back of your identity as a commodity, then, like, that can be problematic. You know, so, um, for instance, well, the only time you get a call to do uh, editorial, if that's Black History Month, and, like, that's problematic. You know? um, and at a certain point, like, do you say, you know, you may get the urge to be like, you know what? Look, I, I'm only hearing from you guys in February. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, that makes me feel right. so type of way. You know what I mean? Like, I work all year round. There you and, go. and, hey, maybe I just want to do a romance story. Right? But somehow that becomes politicized. And somehow they find a way to commodify the blackness of like that. You know, so I, this is what I mean more than just even the act of selling or being yourself, you know? Um, just to clarify, because I, you know, you did, you like, did you know what i yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is so much deeper than I
3: was expecting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: what, what do we
3: think about the Iron Man girl? Yeah,
4: Check this out. So I was thinking about the I mean, this this term, speaking of commodities, right? This idea of diversity has been bandied about a lot recently because, well, for various reasons, I, mean, I guess diversity sells too. And everything's a commodity and late capitalism, right? But how do you guys feel about, uh, sorry, Ashley, um, how diversity is being uh, kind of formulated in mainstream comics, and how do you think that this kind of black independent uh, Comics kind of movement is dealing with some of those issues. Well, I just feel
8: like everyone wants to see something new and fresh. You know, we've been seeing, no offense to white people, we've been seeing like the same type of sentiment, what's the word? sensibility. Yeah, sensibility, thank yeah. The same types of sensibilities in uh, movies, all types of entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know, so everyone, everyone wants something fresh and different. And different um, audiences want to be represented. They want to see themselves. You know, I'm, I'm a part of that, and that's why I do what I do today. You know, because I grew up, you know, um, watching certain movies and, and engaging video games, comics, you know, what have you. And what's happening now? This whole like shift in thinking, and, and I guess this awakening and people are having these new perspectives on race relations. Um, personally, I re- I wish. All of this wasn't happening. I just wish everything was settled. That's not the world we live in. Um, it's affecting. I don't want to say too much, but it's affecting the inside, you know, regarding who gets what type of job. Right. You know, certain people who will get first pick jobs. That's no longer the case. You know, a lot of things are changing. Um, how they feel about that, they're not too happy about it, you know. But at the same time, the door is opening for other artists such as ourselves. You so it's bittersweet, you know, depending on what side of you know the whole situation you stand on. Um, personally, I'm happy because if there wasn't, if this if ship wasn't happening, I, I wouldn't be up here now talking to you guys, you know. So I just wish it does.
2: I think the, the,
6: the good thing is the audience, the the companies are uh, responding to the leaders' demands. Okay. It's not going to just fly just to have a few black superheroes or a few Latino superheroes. That's not just going to fly anymore. Now everyone's looking at okay, who's drawing it, who's writing it, who's doing it. You know, we we need people behind the scenes and and, in front. Um, And I just hope that, you know, we get from a black female Iron Man to more things like Prince of Cats and things like this. Things that are truly original, not like the black version of (laughs) 16-year-olds. But I think that's that's more of a that's more of I mean me as a um, I mean
2: I, I'm am I'm a nerd just like everybody else at Comic Con and I like, I have like an immediate
6: emotional response to seeing like the Thing or some other Marvel character and I understand that uh, but you know once once we once we get past that and once we once that becomes normal I just look forward to the day where a black female Iron Man comes on the scene and there's no like editorial about it it just happens. And then I'm like, okay, have you dealt with that? Um, I'm just like encouraged. Um, I just like to say I'm encouraged by what's going on now because you, know, you got like what Dave's doing on, on, uh, on Iron Fist, you got like some Cats, you got like, you know, this. It's, it's so, you have no excuse not to support uh, a minority uh, creating. There's no excuse because whatever you like, somebody's creating something at a high level. That will satisfy that, and, and everyone, everyone on stage, and a lot of people we talk to, we're not putting out bullshit. Oh I mean, this stuff is—it's
0: is, it, comparable and it's good. And I think that that
6: um, uh, that is empowering in itself because we're we're kind of owning we we we're kind of owning our, our creations. Um, but I'm just waiting for that day to where, um, especially the the audience that reads comic books, are more open to news stories, or things that aren't like continuing series, or you know, something that is a one-off, um, uh, but it, it's getting it.
1: I just got doing. I have done some bullshit, so... <laughs> 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 Thanks, man. I keep saying this... I've been mean, on, like, more... Diversity panels than anyone
4: needs to be. and
1: uh, and so I feel like it's an old hat saying it. I you know I, I, I like to differentiate that there's diversity with a capital D and diversity with a lowercase d. Diversity with a lowercase d is nothing more than a marketing campaign that's used to get consumer dollars, and and it's 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 a bait and switch more than anything else. Whereas diversity with a capital D is is the way you choose to live your life. It's the ideology by which you move through life. It's how you see people, how you interact with people. And so most of these companies that we're talking about, these big corporations, the energy and the conglomerates, diversity is, is lowercase d, right? And so I, I have no illusions as to the role that I play in that corporate machinery, right? And, and, and it's diversity with a lowercase d. But that doesn't mean that I can't bring my perception of diversity into the work and try to sneak it in when I can. Sometimes it gets past editorial, sometimes it gets stopped. Um, but it's it's really about putting forth a vision of the world that not necessarily that I, I, I live in, but that as I'd like to see it be a little bit more of. Because that's, that's, I think, part of what we're doing is we're trying to create Mythologies, places right. to escape You know, like it's it's. I want to see more black movies But I don't necessarily want to see another Version of 12 Years a Slave, right Because I, I've seen that I, I want to see something that leaves Me feeling happy And uplifted you know
2: Although
6: I do hope
1: that, that 12 Years a Slave Was a feel good movie Because he only spent 12 years <laughs>
5: I, I' spring off of that like uh, so the interesting the interesting thing about that is like so yeah these corporate corporations will capitalize on the commodity of blackness if they can with or without you right and if you're willing to toe the line to a degree often then like it it it's it's how likely you will maintain your position in that space sometimes you know what I mean so Capital D diversity is controlling, like the means of producing uh, those commodities. You know what I mean? From from your yourself and your identity. Whereas like lowercase the diversity is just trading on those commodities, you know, be it, like, black people, queer people, trans people. It's like, yo, can we sell it without even actually opening up the means of production to the people who,
6: you know, were (laughs) we're trading us? It's like, the the means of production are, like, it's available to just about anyone. Right. So you can can do it. Exactly. I remember reading David's, but uh, when we first met, like, how long was that. Oh, yeah, talk yeah, talk so <laughs> <laughs> you don't even say Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea. I have not even born yet, so it, yeah, yeah. His, his magazine, uh, Badass Mofo magazine, that was something that you controlled. and You created it. The, the first comic book I did, I just scraped some money together and printed it That was Zuda, right? Exactly. Well, even before that. Oh, okay, okay. yeah. So, so, so it's like yeah. exactly. <laughs> so even, right? so <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. But uh, even, even, even then, the. Threshold to get on the on-ramp is just your talent. You can put up a webcomic. If you have talent, pen and piece piece, papers, some internet access, then you can. Your your work is out there. Kickstarter things like, like that. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. So I mean, the the, the overall democ- uh, democratizing of pop culture has, I think, played a big part in, in the lives of like, black creators. because now you can you don't have to go to the to the. Uh, Majors to get what you want.
3: You have the keys. Exactly. And then, you have major keys. Um, just to bring it back to the book, just for a second, like, um, the reason we called the Black Comics with the X rather than the CS is because uh, we wanted to reference that that sort of independent And, um, and the entire point of uh, the book and a lot of the work John and I do as sort of cultural advocates is to. You know, find new spaces and open up new audiences for people to display the types of works you're talking about, the personal works, the works that the artist has ownership of. Um, and that was really all I was looking Continue. I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> um, it, ties it ties it all in, in. The vision that you guys have, you know, that's interesting. I didn't
5: was, where does that X come from
3: in comics in general? Cause That's, like, that's kind of an <laughs> old scene, right? Like, underground. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it's... And maybe somebody knows a better answer, but yeah, I think it was kind of the 60s underground stuff. But I've seen it used also for, like, 80s alternative comics. Um, Dennis Kitchen might know that. But the other thing is... That's true, Uh But the other thing is, it was more like we wanted to take it and just sort of that general sense of it's not exactly comic books as has been stereotypically portrayed. In the sense of, you know, when you're talking about, uh, Jeremy, you're talking about, you know, superheroes or ongoing series and stuff. With Whenever it's comics with that X, or sometimes you see, like, women's comics and women's spelled with a Y or, like, the I stuff, it's, it's sort of taking that, that reference, that knowledge that people
2: have in pop culture, but kind of... Twisting it, kind of turning it, and sort of helping them see different sides, different
3: perspectives on what they thought was familiar.
1: And see, and I thought it was, seriously, I thought it was in reference to Sweet Sweetback's badass song, which was rated X by an all white jury. And so I was like, oh, that's why they
4: used X.
3: That's, the, really
4: other, that's the other reason, actually. Yes.
3: Yeah. Forget all that other stuff. I just, what he says is better. That's all.
4: So, I guess we they didn't to get herpes
5: while making the book,
2: though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's <a> funny story.
3: <laughs> We're not recording this, sir. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, so, so I, I,
4: don't, I don't want to speak enough to, to put people on the spot, but I want to actually talk a little bit more about the intersectional aspects of diversity, too. I mean, what what is it? I mean,
2: what it like? I'm sorry, but you know, there's, there's,
4: there's, there's not a lot of that I can see, you know, I don't see everything. I don't see a lot of women of color working in those spaces, what, is, what are some of those types of uh, negotiations that you have to kind of uh, utilize in those spaces? You were both with high-level, high high-level spaces, so what else? I how you navigate, navigate yeah, but yeah,
7: how you navigate, navigate space, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, yeah, I'll try to be nice. It was a little uneasy, it was a little uneasy, at first, but it wasn't just the movie of black women, I think. Actually, it took maybe some months before I even realized that I was only black woman there, sitting amongst the other storyboarders you didn't really see that before. I'm a storyboard artist for um, um, Star Wars movies, but um, I am the only female that's there right now. And it took me a bit to realize that. After I realized that, it felt great, but mm-hmm. also very wrongly. But I feel uh, I feel like I'm a part of something, like I'm opening doors. Uh, Yeah, I guess that's the way it feels, and I think, funny enough, some of the CEOs and some of the people that are like in power right now are black women. It's it's beautiful, and and it's only even more encouraging. It's only like even more. It feels good. It feels like you know the, the kid that comes up to my table when I do have people. You know, and I just told her, hey can't have no
2: a chance." call me. That's was only You know, you
7: feel like I don't know. Um, actually, I only came to California three years ago, and immediately I felt alone. Yeah, I was very quick. Um, but I also started to realize I felt responsible. Um, you gotta stay the Crap, but you know, I just do what I want. But I guess I, I started to realize what I wanted to do was not just entertain myself, but I guess, yeah, encourage the little, little thorts that, you know, follow me. <laughs> I, I like the
2: little <laughs> I
7: want to be kind of, I guess, their step to something to too. But yeah, I, I felt responsible
4: you want to up
8: yeah I feel like a lot of the conversations that happened behind the scenes uh, weren't really geared towards female uh, employees uh, entertainment I only have one story um, but basically like two three weeks ago I was working on the comic and I spent two weeks uh, negotiating like these these designs for this this character work, the upcoming comic and there was another person involved which I didn't know about until we received feedback on the, the, the uh, designs. And so I was working side by side with the, with a the woman who was over the project. So we sent the, the uh, designs off to this other person, and it was a guy, and he had a lot of money, he was funding the project, and his response was um he had like this, this stipulation as to what this character had to uh meet as far as um group size, uh, he said, nobody want to f her, like no teenagers or old men want to f her, she wasn't beautiful, and just like okay, there's a certain way to you know communicate what you're going for, you know. So, long story short, I told the female I was working with, um, Well, give me this guy's information so I can um, talk to him directly. I'm, I'm a straightforward person, you know, I'm not aggressive, I can be, but I'm just straightforward, you know, just hit them with logic. So, I said, well, Let me. Uh, talk to him directly. Let's cut out the middleman. No offense to you, but since he feels so passionate about it, you know, let me hear it straight from him. And um, I guess he do not like it. He was just like, <laughs> "Oh, I'm the money, and I, you know, um, you're the peon." And, you know, just, <laughs> yeah, just like real petty. And,
0: I mean, I'm 100 like, yo.
5: Um, I just want okay. you know, no depression. I like. I want to put people like that on class. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean. I think I
7: have a reputation. (laughs) I'm just
5: just curious, is there an animal in the name of that company? Mm -hmm. The name of the company. Is it a company? Yes, a
2: company. Is there an animal in the name of it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm just
7: curious.
8: (laughs) 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 How (laughs) did I feel about it? How did I feel about it personally? Um, I don't care, because at this point, people are people. Man. It's all types of just bad shit going around. You know, so you just roll with the punches and you do what you gotta do, you know, vision, blinders, um, I just don't really care. As long as I can do what I need to do,
4: whatever. So, um, I would love to see how me, the audience uh, feel about some of these things. And if anyone have any questions, we're gonna use the mic, we're gonna use the mic.
1: I was going to say before the first question comes up, I mean, one of the things, as we're talking about diversity or
2: whatever the hell that means, um, one of the problems that
6: we're dealing with is is it's not just um,
1: creators and it's not just the content that we're creating, but it's also like the editorial staff that we're dealing with and the marketing staff that we're dealing with.
6: Like, I feel like I have to carry around a copy of Howard Zinn's <laughs> History of the United States,
1: you know, Black History for Dummies, um, yeah. and, and about like other books with me all the time. And the problem is, is like, without getting into specifics, but I, I mean, I have some, I've been asked some really dumb fucking questions, <laughs> like, to the point where it's like, how are you smart enough to breathe on your own? Right? <laughs> you ask me a question. You need to lose your job. Yeah, yeah, and, 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 it, and it's really difficult. So that's, I, that's, that's the other problem. It's like, it's not just what, you know, just you try to put something in a book and then they don't get it, and then you have to explain, you, I mean, we're constantly having to justify yeah. our blackness. Okay, okay, so this is my thing. Right? I, wanna, I, wanna,
5: like, I wanna take some time out to, to give like a, a, a little bit, give an opportunity, for um, white people in editorial or anywhere, you know, dealing with this sort of thing. But if you hear this, don't do this. That's the old cover. The new cover is better. Um, that, was, that, was, that wasn't even supposed to go to press. But anyway, so, all right. If you're about to say, well, I'm just a, you know, such-and-such such white person, I don't really understand this, right? Like, don't say that shit, right? If you're an editorial, it's like, you need to, well, you should know about it, right? Like, if, you know, if you can read F. Scott Fitzgerald, you're not from the Gilded Age, but you understand it, And <laughs> you should be able to understand, like, a contemporary black person to just, like, you know, like, use your imagination,
1: you, know? I'm you I'm tired of hearing that. <laughs> <gonna say> exactly <laughs> like, you know, it's an act. Like, you might,
3: well, I'm he, not writing creatively. No, I I'm writing. Leave. Leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just a white person, but I'm not, I'm not an editor. Um, no, I'm actually. I want to have time. For what what
5: they're saying is, I'm a white person, so I can't put in the effort to
3: understand there you. Yeah. Yeah, so before you say I, that, know that's what you're about to say. I usually just leave, the like, I'm just a dumbass, but, oh, yeah. no, 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 no. sir, you have a question?
4: Leave your account. Sure. sure. <laughs> uh, so the last, like, 40 years, there's some kind of, like, this evolution of kind of exploitation in different kinds of mediums, right? In the 70s, it was kind of the film. in film. the 80s, it was in, uh, in music, as we got to like, from, from like, power hip-hop to, like, gangster hip-hop, right? The 90s was, like, television and now suddenly comics becomes new diversity kind of thing. Are you concerned that if you don't politicize your books that the images will begin to shift and will suddenly get new revisited stereotypes in your medium? if you don't actively control the images from the very beginning? I
0: would like to start. I was going to start
4: because the nature of stereotypes. is fixity. I mean, that's what the word means. It means, you know, stereos means hard or fixed. So this notion of them being uh, mutable is something that is against their very nature. So we have to, I think, continue to create uh, images to fight against those particular pieces because they are constructed to, to constrict us. So that's, that's what violence would be. You should have held the like, mic to drop. <laughs>
2: To school real
4: quick. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> it's difficult, you know, because it's uh, like in, when you're working in corporate comics, right, you, there's the fans, there's the readers, and they view the characters as, as someone real, and they, they invest so much in themselves, especially when it's an underrepresented audience, right? And But the corporations that own them see you as nothing more, uh, see these characters as nothing more than, than um, an exploitable intellectual you know, property that they can make money off of, right? And so then, as a creator, that leaves you in the worst position ever which is you were the overseer on the plantation okay and you have to figure out what kind of overseer am i going to be and 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 you were and, and it's and it's the worst fucking feeling when you realize that when you realize that, that this little kid over here looks up to this character and and is put so much meaning into it and then these corporate bigwigs are like yo we're just going to make a movie out of this character so we don't really give a shit about it Right? And you're just trying to put enough humanity into that character so that kid feels like he matters or she matters, right? But they don't give a shit about it. I mean, that's that's what it is. And so it's this constant battle of, of you know, I mean, this is the why, This is the reason why W.E.P. Du Bois is one of my heroes. Why the quote about dual consciousness or dual consciousness is on my wall at the, right by my computer, and I think about it every day. It's like well, who am I writing for? How am I writing? I'm writing for people that pay me a paycheck, so that makes me, you know, like, I'm like, hey, we soup you know? And, and then, but then I'm also like, writing for the kids, and it'd be like, yeah, fuck the man. So, how do you get those two, how, how do you find that balance? And then, you know, it's, a lot of it is through medication, and <laughs> <laughs> well, I think even,
2: <laughs> the three N's. <ends>. Yes.
4: <laughs> medication, <laughs> medication. We, uh, uh like I was talking to Stanford Stanford
6: here? Stamper had a good statement. He said that, you know, we all have when, when we when someone when a when some artist, you, that, you can fill in the blanks who uh, makes a living drawing hot women and things like that. And and then when someone calls them on, he's like, well, you're being politically correct. Um, well, the, <laughs> but, the, the problem, uh, but the problem, the problem with that is, is it's, easy, well, it's easy. I to wonder. Talking. It's, yeah, it's, it's easy to accuse people of being with correct when you don't have, like, Stanford last night you don't have skin in the game. It's like, okay, why don't you draw a male penis and make it look very graphic and do that, then then we'll, we can talk. But you know, but so we all have we all have skin in the game. So when we do something that's exploitative. Or when we do something that, um, and I and I know myself. I do things that I, I want to intentionally make people uncomfortable, especially with this horror. Because the point is not to feel good. It's a hard. It's hard. It's hard. But and and then a part of me is is just wants to be a jerk. But I, I just I don't I don't want uh, I don't think that the audience and we are treading on dangerous ground. We, we think we always have to feel good, or we always have to agree with every creative decision. Uh, some some of the movies that I really love, I find really problematic, but I still, I still can watch them on a certain level. So on one hand, um, uh, I think uh, black creators and creators of any color who are working within their own space, I, I know that this might be bad, but I kind of give them a pass because they, are, they have skin in the game. It's not like they are exploiting someone else's pain, struggles and things like that. So I I, I give back creative pass. Um,
4: I would love to get to another question. <laughs> hey. um, I want to know from the perspective of a white audience member, what is it that we can do to prevent uh, like a main like more mainstream movies about. You know, slaves, because that's all we ever see. Right.
6: Um, well, I, I, and I disagree with that because, I know a lot of people say that, but come on, 12 years, you can count on your finger how many mainstream Hollywood movies are about slavery. I think there should be a slavery channel. There should be thirteen <laughs> a shows like, slavery and there should be slavery
3: movies all the time. Right? Like, I'm If you look
6: at this, this is not, well, the history yeah. channel is basically Hitler, the Hitler, yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: Hitler channel, right? So yeah. they
5: should have so it's yeah, a Yo, it's a yeah, Watch. Yo, I want to see. I still want to see a version of Twelve Years a Slave where like it's not about the um <laughs> the, the, the white the white good guy and the white bad guy working things out at the <laughs> end. I want to see a version of Twelve Years a Slave that's maybe like a procedural or something. <laughs> like I want to yeah, I want to see all of that, and I want to see other stuff. Well, not, not talking about
6: slavery in American history. That's like to me. Like, that's the biggest part of American history yeah. that you cannot you can't even talk about anything that has.
1: So you're talking about rain but not talking about water
6: right <laughs> we're going to do something about rain but we're going to leave out the H2O part right? <laughs> so that's right that's my stand I want a slavery yeah. champion there's
2: this question <laughs> this is why white
6: people don't
9: like
2: us <laughs> all the my,
4: my question stems from the fact that in uh, in my opinion that I could be wrong um, the, the message of, you know, when we get like another 12 years of slave or something similar, the message that it sends to white people is that this is a thing that happened, but like it's not a thing anymore. Don't worry about it. It's fine. And so you know, we don't see all that many movies uh, in the mainstream that are showing the modern black experience. Now, what can a white audience do to kind of promote that sort of thing?
5: deconstruct racism.
4: Think, I think you have
5: to <laughs> y'all work that shit yes. out. I, what,
4: you, what, you, what, did, you did create the mess. Yeah. <laughs> Thing, one thing you have to remember is that is that capitalism hides process, as part of what it is. Capitalism hides process, part of what so crazy. hard, yeah. Yeah. No, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and, and most most issues are systemic in nature, right? And so you know we have to actually come together. Like you're saying, I mean, they're, they're complex problems, right? Um, and we work through, we work through these things narratively because we are made of stories. We just keep editing those stories. Um, but it's really difficult when you try to uh, knock out when you try to kill a villain. You know, like the, the American narrative is about like the end. You know, the American narrative is about like oh we can kill this one person and then the, the credits roll, right? Yes, yeah, so but that's that's not how we can do it. We have to work together to change those things. This gentleman has been. Uh, I want to. You know, i didn't, I sorry, not want to ignore I wasn't. There's two. Okay, I'll go with there's a lot of people going on. but I'll go with
9: this one. One of the biggest challenges I know about our people is that our identity and, and, and what we can do is, is go through a filter of what white people think about us or how they have treated us. We really don't possibly, before we were moved over to slaves and we were, you know in Africa,
2: we had our own land. It was us, our origin of thinking
9: about our identity was us. We're here. We're, we're handicapped by whatever we do, there's something in our head that always goes, how is it valued by them? By the way, white people get do before, that's not it. Speak You just speak. It's
2: a It's a not It's
9: a of, oh. We know that um, and in a lot of ways, we don't. How can black comments and African American entertainment aid in us saying, this is who we are, and we value it by our own identity, not so much by our history, which was painted by white effect or if we do something with money, eventually we'll have to be affected by white power. But it was just, it's us, and it's us, and it's us. And that's not a an hatred thing, it's kind of like
2: Harlem.
9: Harlem, yeah, well, it was maybe, mm, uh,
5: I don't know, His, history, uh, there are different sides of uh, perspectives on that too. There was a lot of playing to power in Harlem, even during the Harlem Renaissance.
9: So, but, you know. Um I mean, but what, what I'm saying, may never met, even. I mean, because we're America, <laughs> we're the melting pot. That's what America's about. Listen, think, so you see, I think you have to give each individual
6: creator the benefit of being an individual. Yeah, and, and I and I I, I think that I, I'm just I think that every time a black creator creates something, it shouldn't be viewed in the context of all blackness. You know, and and I think that's the that's the best thing that we can do is give everyone their individuality. Like. Is, is just judge everything on its own merits, uh, and uh, and what it is as a product and what the intentions were without without the baggage because it's it's a it's an unfair baggage a piece of baggage you know it, you know it's something that's unique to black creators, female creators, gay creators. Everything that you do is viewed in the concept of your gender, your race, or your sexual orientation, and I think. Uh, the biggest leap we can make
3: is letting all of us just be ourselves and be uh, individuals. I, I just wanted to mention, um, since we're wrapping up, the Black Comics book, the original one. Our intention with the new one was is always to, like the title leads with that with that notion of you know this is commodified identity, right? Um, but. The hope is that once you open the book and see that every single artist is entirely different from every single other artist, they start to be like, "Oh, humans!" Like, I, like I think we, we want to create a space where you can celebrate Black identity, celebrate individual achievement, and just like have the kind of conversation I, I hope we've had here. Um, I have
7: something. I think it was more so that. Hi. How are you? Well, basically, I feel like there is progress. The fact that we're all sitting here and hearing each other and answering questions, um, and working, you know, like we're all making this political movement and to change, you know, I, I feel like a lot of the times people wanted to have like this, but they they feel to see what's happening right now and. Even with all that this going on in the world, you know we have people like you showing up. Thank you. And, um,
2: well, and the
7: fact that all um, we I thought
4: we said. Stand here in the room. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um to to create just to
7: just just for just to allow us to create. Um, and expose it to the world, you know, in the end, we will get something more than just 12 uh, years of slavery. And we will, you know, just allow it to happen. It will happen, you know, it's like, okay, I, know. Want
8: to, I want to pick back off of what Shauna was saying, like, from my experience from working in the um it's a project geared towards promoting a uh, black female main character, right? At the end of the day, if the story is really good, no one's gonna care about what you look like, what color you are. Uh, initially people were interested uh, in a project because of a mandala, but the project is still s- successful because of the art and the story, you know? And that's the only thing that really matters.
1: So I know we need to stop. So the one thing I was gonna say was I did not know until just now that, that Damien was white. I thought he was <laughs> <a man>. <laughs> <laughs> a so light skin, right? His name is Damien, right? And so I, I feel like that, that in uh, right right? That, that, and of
2: itself
1: that the that and the possibility and, and how we can come together as as all human beings. Because really, this whole time I was like, damn, it is so cool to be around someone who's lighter than me.
2: And,
1: and he just, yeah, no, you guys got it going on too. You're real guys. Like seriously, I mean, straight up. So people tell family. facial hair on that. i Yeah, mean, I
9: mean, <laughs> I mean,
3: we're so right. we're overtime something. You know what I mean? Uh, that is, you know, <laughs> you can't be a white <laughs> <laughs> As a white person, I would like to say no. Uh, so we're out of time. Thank you so much to Magnetic Press for having us. success. Help more voices get out there. Go Comic-Con. Go Magnetic. Yay. Everybody,
4: thank you gentlemen and ladies for being themselves and stepping up and being amazing for who they are. So thank you for being who you are. All right.